0: Welcome to the church. You belong here. You belong here, man. It's so good to see you guys this morning. My name is Blake. I'm the worship pastor here at the church, and uh, we're in this series uh, going through the book of Luke. And last week, Pastor Justin led us through this section of Scripture that really talked about the difference. And he walked us through what does it look like to be a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, and and an apostle of Christ, right? And, and, and we got into all of that, but we just sing this song, Seek first the kingdom, seek first the kingdom. That's taken out of Matthew 6, 33. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is, is given the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking, and he gets into this section where he's talking about, like, don't be worried about what you're going to eat tomorrow, right? Don't be worried about what you're going to drink or, or what you're going to wear and these things, right? And, and, and he says, but, 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 but this, but seek first the kingdom, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will, will be added to you. And there's this, there's this mindset right there, this, this frame of mind that we have to get into, and we're going to dive into that a little bit more this morning. But as we start things off, we have to go, okay, do I believe that? And I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to challenge that this morning. But last week, Justin was walking us through the scene where Jesus had gone up onto uh, this, this mountain area to pray. He, he went up there, and he was, he was alone, and he was praying all night. And then the next morning, he calls his gathers his disciples, this larger group of, of people together. And out of them, he appoints 12 to be apostles. If you guys missed that message, it's so important. Go back. Check out the website. It's on there somewhere. <laughs> all right, The app. Whatever, go check it out. It's a really, really good message. But in that, we talked about, okay, what does it look like if you're going to move from a a, a starting point of of a follower of Christ? And and he threw out this statistic. It was very alarming. He said that 80% of professing Christians, 80% of professing Christians will never leave the follower stage and never move forward into understanding what it means to be an actual disciple of Christ. So we're going to pick up from there uh, where he left off there this morning. So if you have a Bible, with you turn to Luke chapter 6? And we're going to start in verse 17. So Jesus had, had, had just come back. From that, that encounter, and, and this is where we're at in, in 17, he says, he came down with him, and he stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the, the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all." So we got a picture of like what's happening here. Right? Jesus comes back. He had that, that experience where he, he uh, took his disciples and, or a group of his disciples, and he appointed 12 of those to be apostles. He, he comes back with all of these guys, and here's this huge crowd. There's this great crowd from all these different places all the way up the seacoast, and they're coming out, and they're starting to hear. Like, like Jesus, Jesus' reputation is starting to get out there. Right, This guy is healing people, man. Let's go check it out right? I want to be around that. I want to see it. Um, my wife is a school teacher. Some of you guys know her. And she, uh, back uh, about 12, 13 years ago, something like that, back when we were in the Valley, she was teaching. And, and it was towards the beginning of the school year. She just gotten her new class. And she, uh, she hits me up one day. She goes, hey, I got a new kid today. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. You know, that can be good or bad, right? i <laughs> like, it's like yeah, I have your whole class set up, and then this one guy comes in, right? But now she goes, I got a new kid today, and uh, it was it was kind of an interesting kid. She goes, said her dad's in a band, or, or his dad's in a band, and I was like, oh, here we go, right? <laughs> Everybody's dad's in a band. Right? Everybody's dad, their uncle, their brother, everybody's in a band. And i like, OK, you know, I'm in a band, all right? I was in a band at this time. And we were traveling around. And I got a little pride talking right here. You know what I mean? At that moment, I'm like, yeah, sure. OK, everybody's dad's in a band. And she goes, no, I, I, think, I think he's for real. Um, he, like The way he talks and acts, and he told me to kind of keep it on the down low, because it's kind of a famous band. And I was like, OK, <laughs> well, what's the name of the band? You know? And uh, I love my wife. She's so amazing. Um, She knows nothing about rock and roll music (laughs) at all. (laughs) And she goes, "Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of the band. It was like Lincoln Logs or something like that. (laughs) And she goes, no, 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 it has something to do with the park. And I was like, "Okay, let's just entertain this for a second, all right? (laughs) Is there any chance that they said Lincoln Park? And she goes, yeah, yeah, that's it. And I go, dude, we're in, like, Podunk Gilbert. <laughs> you don't have Lincoln Park's kid in your class. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a thing, you know? And she goes, no, nah, I don't know. I th- that, that's definitely the name that he said. You know, now that you say it, that sounds right, you know? <laughs> kind of one of those things, like, all right, whatever. So fast forward, like, a-, a month or two later, we're at this fall festival, and I'm standing out there with all the other dads, right? Here's all the dads out here. And uh, Kelly's working, working the, uh, I don't know, some booth or something. And I'm out here with my daughter. She just graduated high school uh, a couple weeks ago, but she was uh, three or four at the time. And she's in a bounce house, right? And she's in the bounce house with like one or two other kids. It wasn't really crowded yet at that time. The thing had just started. And I'm just standing there like this. And I look over and I'm like, gosh, that guy looks really familiar to me. Like, where do I know this guy from, you know? And, uh, and the more I thought about it, I'm like, dude, that looks just like the guy from Linkin Park. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, man, right to my right-hand side was Chester Bennington, the lead singer from Linkin Park, a world-renowned band. Like, this band is not just, like, local or Arizona. You know I mean? Some of you guys have probably heard of them. <laughs> um, they sing songs that are popular, uh, <laughs> but this guy—I mean, he was there, and, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's him!" And I'm thinking, I, I'm like, I've never thought I'd be starstruck. You know what I mean? I just thought I was cool, not not gonna do that. But I'm saying, thing—I gotta talk to him. I gotta say something, right? Like, this guy wrote some of the best songs in the world, some of the most selling songs and and impactful songs that are out there. And it's crazy. He's crazy talented. And I'm sitting there, like, trying to formulate how I'm going to play it cool and talk to this guy in my head. And before you know it, I look up, and all of a sudden, high schoolers coming out of the woodwork. I mean, this guy is surrounded. He's completely surrounded by all these kids. Like, where did you guys come from? I mean, this is an elementary school. You know what I mean? We're at the fall festival for elementary kids. And also, this guy is like, no way. He's just completely surrounded. I picture, like, this is what's going on here. Man, Jesus, is, his reputation precedes him. And here he, he comes in to the scene, and, and there's just great crowds and multitudes starting to gather around him. And, and there's this, all this hype built up. And it says that, that those who came to him uh, to be healed of their diseases and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And the crowd sought to touch him. For power came out and healed them all. That's huge. That's crazy. Something big is starting to happen here. Let's jump over to verse 20. And this is what's crazy, okay? Here's this, here's this big crowd, and in the crowd, there's people, like we talked about last week, there's people who are just sort of like hearing things, right? They're just, they're just hearing about Jesus' reputation. They're coming to check it out. There's people who are actually following Jesus, like, like following to see what he does. They, they kind of believe the, the story. They believe the hype, uh, and they're just like following him around and just watching, right? They're just following. And then you got like th- these disciples, who were actually submitting to his teaching. They're positioning themselves to where they're changing their lives and they're changing their everyday actions to come underneath his, his teaching and, and, and what he's saying. And they're making changes, real changes, and they're, they're actually praying to God and they're, they're, they're submitting themselves. And I don't know where you're at this morning if you came into this place and you're just one of those guys just checking things out. Man, praise the Lord that you're here because you, you get to hear truth, right? Right? I mean, that's what these guys, everybody benefited. The great multitude had benefited from hearing Jesus talk. And I don't know if you're here this morning and you're, you're, you're what Justin was talking about last week, if you're an actual disciple of Christ and you, you, you are that person who, who wants to define your life by, by his role in his kingdom and, and you want to submit into that, praise the Lord, because here's what he does. He actually lifts up his eyes, verse 20, on his disciples so here's this whole crowd, everybody's mixed in together, and he kind of looks up to his disciples, these guys that are leaning in more, and he looks at them and he challenges them with these crazy statements right here. He says, "Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God." Okay, that's weird. "Blessed are you who are who are poor." yours is the kingdom of God. To understand that maybe just a little bit better, let's, let's roll over to Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, um, you, you have a very, very similar sermon. Now, some, some scholars will say that this is the exact same setting, same time and all this, and you have a lot of people who will say that this is a, a different setting. This is a sermon on a mount, one's on the, on the plain, and, and that th- there are different times and settings, but Jesus is basically saying the same stuff. Either way... <laughs> It doesn't matter. Jesus is talking here and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's not going to contradict himself. He says this in Matthew chapter 5. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, Luke chapter 6, he says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. He says in Matthew 5, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is he talking about there? He's talking about this, this extreme poverty when it comes to our spirit. With, with what you know, you know, our own spirituality, it's, it's, it's recognizing that we don't make that happen. When you're poor in spirit, you're saying, no, I'm, I'm empty of all that. I'm empty of all that. David Guzik puts it like this. He says, poverty of spirit is an absolute prerequisite for receiving the kingdom Because as long as we keep illusions about our own spiritual resources, we will never receive from God what we absolutely need. As long as we keep illusions about our own spiritual resources, man, how many times have you done that? Like yeah, I, I got this. Right, I got this together. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do my own spiritual. I'm gonna go feed my spirit this today. I'm gonna go and, and, and you know take this hike. Nothing wrong with hikes, all right. But I'm just gonna take this hike and just be spiritual. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna feed this. No, he's saying you have to be empty of yourself. You have to be completely empty of yourself before you're gonna fill it with anything else. I, um, I'm not a mechanic, guys. I wish I was. It would save me so much money. Um, <laughs> It's ridiculous. I, I have this, like, 05 Toyota Corolla. Uh, and back in the day, um, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do something mechanical. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> I was like, hey, and, and, it's, and when you hear what it is, you're going to be like, that's mechanical? <laughs> um, it's like a step above changing a tire, all right? It, <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I need an oil change. And I think I can do it. I'm going to try it, man. I know. I know it's crazy. I'm going to try it. I told, I told my wife, Kelly, I was like, yeah, I, I think I could do it. I'm going to watch a video. I, th- I feel like I could do it. So uh, I did. I, I watched the video. I'm feeling really good. I only need like two tools. And that's a good thing because that's about all I have. And so I, I went out there and I changed the oil and you, you got to like unscrew the drain cap and and all the old oil came out. That's like first step and you put that back on and you change the filter and you, some of you guys are like, that's the wrong order. I don't know. This is just what I did, right? I, I drained the oil out I changed the filter and I put all new oil in And I, and I was like, yes, I did it. Like everything looks right. Like it looks just like the video that I just watched, right? And so I... I turn the key on, and it it starts, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to take a joyride. I'm going to go test this thing out, right? And I pull out of the driveway, and I'm not even kidding. I got about 10 feet ahead, and the car just stops. So, um, And then smoke starts coming out of the hood. I was like, well, that's weird, because (laughs) about an hour ago, I had no problem with this car. It was working just fine. Just a little light came on and said, I need an oil change. And this is all that's happened since then. And I was like, well, let me, let me just try to go a little further. And it got worse. And it just sort of like didn't go. And I'm like, OK, this can't be good. So I turned the car off. I put it in neutral. And I pushed it back into my driveway. And of course, I have to call. I get it towed. I take it over to the mechanic. He calls me like not that long later. <laughs> and he goes, hey, great news. I figured out what was going on with your car. And I was like, perfect. What's going on? And he goes, Well, it's really weird. He goes, um, You had no transmission fluid in your car at all. And uh, you had twice the amount of oil that you should have. And I was like, That is weird, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get down to the bottom of that. That's ridiculous. You have to empty out the old before you put in the new, apparently, okay? <laughs> uh, make sure you empty out the right thing, too, by the way. But like, so, so the first point I have here is we have to empty us of us. We have to empty ourselves of us. We have to stop buying into this illusion that you've got this that this is your life, that you have to stop relying on your own understanding, on your own understanding of how this world operates, on your own understanding of relationships, of love, and you have to empty all that out. You have to empty out yourself. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Verse 21, he says this, Luke Luke 6, 21. This is the first half of this. He says, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Matthew records that saying, um, blessed are you who who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be satisfied. Have you ever been hungry for something? I I was talking about like real, real hungry. Do you remember um, back in the day, they had these Snickers commercials? It's not that far away. I don't know. (laughs) I'd say back in the day, like um, two months ago. I don't know. And they have these two guys. This is one of them. Two guys walk into, they're like at this social party. They're like young, you know, uh, the young guys. One of them's like a real good looking guy, and the other guy is uh, Joe Pesci, (laughs) right? (laughs) And, and the, the one, like, like nicer-looking guy, he's, like, trying to talk to these girls in the party. And, and they're kind of, like, digging him. But Joe Pesci, like, pipes in. He's, like, messing it all up, man. He's just like, yeah, what? You know, and he's all mad, and he's saying all this stuff. He's, like, being Joe Pesci, right? And his buddy pulls him aside, and he goes, look, man, have a Snickers. You're hungry. You're not being yourself. <laughs> and he gives a sticker, and he turns into, like, his friend, his actual friend, right? Anyways, yeah. it's a good commercial. You should yeah. check it out. <laughs> Like, like, have you ever been that hungry where it's just like, you have to have this. It's, it, it, it's painful. Have you ever been so hungry that, 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 that it, it, it's like, this is the very, very need, man. I have to have this so much that it, that it brings this passion in you. And this is what you seek. Like, I got to have this. I got to go find it out, man. I got to go, go search it out. That's what he's saying here. Blessed are you who are hungry, Now, for you will be satisfied. Matthew says, blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What do you you hunger and thirst for? What what pains you when you don't get? Is it righteousness? That's a hard one for me. He continues on. He says, blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Again, we have to understand the, the, the context of this. He's talking about a kingdom. He goes on to, to say in, in the account in Matthew, he goes on to, to say Matthew 6.33, the verse that we started out this morning, seek first the kingdom and all these things. Blessed are you who weep now for you shall laugh. I, I have a question for you this morning. Do you weep? because of your sin? Does your sin in your life make you so sad that, you, that you, you, you look at it and you go, man, this isn't right, because there's an understanding in your life that your sin, in fact, causes death and destruction around you, just as Scripture says. Do you believe that? And and, and if you do believe that, does that lead you to this this mournful heart because of your sin? Paul says it like this in uh, 2 Corinthians 2 chapter seven, he says this, as it is, I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief just produces death. Blessed are, are you who weep, for you shall laugh. Blessed are, are you when people hate you, and, and they exclude you, and, and revile you, and, and they spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. He says, Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. There's a a story about a young girl in um, mainland China, and um, she was being tortured over and over and over again, because she wouldn't give up the secrets of the underground church that was happening in China. And this was back in the mid-late 60s, and when she was finally released and interviewed, they asked her... How, how did you endure all that? Like, how, how could you bear that amount of torture? Just this, this over and over and over. And this is a, a young girl, and this is her response. She said, I, have seated, I decided to keep my eyes closed the whole time. She goes, I didn't want to see the stick before it hit me or after it hit me. I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like, buy into that reality that was going on right there. There's a greater reality happening. And she, she goes on to say, uh, she relied on a promise of Jesus, that blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. She goes, I didn't want to see this. I didn't want to see what was happening right here. And it was trying to get my attention. It was trying to get my heart and and, and my pursuit and and to give up this underground church. That was trying to grab me over here. I didn't want to see that because I knew I was part of a greater reality. She said that that I I, I relied on the, the words of Jesus that say, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. She goes, I purified my heart of the fear of man what? It says, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and revile you. She goes, I purify my heart. We get so caught up, man, in being worried about what other people are thinking about us or or, or whatever, and much less like going to hurt us, right? I don't want to do this because they're going to hurt me or whatever. She goes, I purify my heart for the fear of man, and I learn to see God. And she says, when the communists became aware of my defense, they actually stuck her eyelids open with tape. They said, oh my gosh, okay, I, I get what she's doing. We're going we're gonna to make her watch this. We're going to make her see this, right? How often does the enemy do that to us? He just keeps putting it back in your face. Just keep, keep putting it back in your face. Let me just redirect you right back over here to this right here because this is what you're supposed to think about. This is what you're supposed to focus on. This is what you're supposed to be distracted by. And, and she goes, but it was too late. It was too late. My vision had already taken on a new aspect, and I had seen God as so many others had seen him before. Those are refused to see things through that lens. Instead, I'm going to look through things through the lens that God gave me. He says, blessed are the pure heart for they shall see God. In Luke says, blessed are those when people you know, hate you and when they exclude you. She purified her heart of the fear of man. She changed her focus. She changed what she was looking for. See, what you're looking for will always depend on who you are. What you're looking for will always depend on who you are, and who you are explains all that you've found so far. First, we have to empty us of us. We have to empty ourselves of us. And second, we have to change our focus, man. We gotta change our focus onto a new reality, the, the greater reality that starts here. Seek first the kingdom. It starts here, and it is eternal. It moves on, it's not temporary. There's this reordering of importance that's got to take place in us, and uh, this isn't this isn't normal, right? It's not it's not like it's just not natural for us. Everybody's looking for something, aren't they? Everyone is looking for something, but true blessings, true blessings, come when you seek first His kingdom. This, uh, this next section down here, verse 24 through 26, we're going to read this all together, but this is, this is pretty huge. These are the woes. Because he goes, he first starts, he goes, blessed are you when, when this and this goes on, but then he says, woe. He says, woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. This is so important for us, man. We're, we're We're walking around here in our everyday life and we're thinking that we got we got marriage problems right we're walking around here in our everyday life and and we're thinking that we have financial problems and, and we're thinking that we have addiction problems and're we're, we're thinking that we have relationship problems and we're thinking that we have belonging problems and i don't fit in problems and all of these other problems i can't find a house problems and i and I can't afford gas problems and and all this stuff and and I just want to dare make a suggestion and don't hit me or hurt me or anything for this because I'm just I'm struggling with this myself too but I just want to suggest what if at the root of all of this is it just possible can we just entertain a question for a second what if at the root of all this we first have a gospel problem what if if everything else isn't really that big of a deal because first we have a gospel problem we haven't changed our focus What if we've been listening to the wrong narrative, the wrong gospel? What if we've been listening to the gospel of the world that tells us, hey, open your eyes over here, take a look at this, take a look at this, take a look at this, and in the reality, man, we have a gospel problem. We're not focused on, on blessed are those who this, Blessed are those who this. And because we want what the world has to offer so much, he goes on, he says, whoa, Whoa, man, you're looking for something that you are never going to find because what you want to find is so much deeper. But you're settling over here. He says, you, you've, you've received your consolation. Did you know we are the richest, if not one of the richest countries in, in the entire world, across the whole world, but yet we struggle one of the highest in mental illness in every single category of mental illness that there is. This is just one uh, graphic that I pulled up of pages of these. Maybe, there, there it is, yeah. This is just one of them. This one's about eating disorders. There's, there's America at the top. It's weird that some of these other countries that are much poorer than us Fair better. Jim Carrey, uh, he's uh, Jim Carrey, a famous actor. He's known as one of the highest paid actors of all time. He was the first one to make over $20 million on one film from salary from just one film. And um, he says this. He says, I think, this is a quote from him. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it's not the answer. <laughs> I, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think he's a follower of Christ. And he's recognizing this. What are you rich in when it comes to God? What are, you, what are you full of when it comes to that? What do you just not need when it comes to God? He says, Blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are those who are poor, those who are hungry, that 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 need God, man, that 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 search for him. He flips the script, right? This idea of woe—it's—it's—it's it's, um, it's not like this condemnation necessarily. It's not—it's not a threat. It's—it's it's really like a—it's a feeling sad for. It's a—it's—it's reg- it's a regret of compassion. That's man, whoa, man, that—that—that that, that sucks. You put all your eggs in this basket over here, and that basket is just getting tossed. You know, what I mean that—that—that's—that's that's sad. That's sad. That's what he's saying here. That, whoa. Gosh, man. What do we do with all this? Because I mean, we can't just sit here and look at all this and go, well, that's great. I feel like junk now. Let's go eat lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's let's go do that. You know what what are we supposed to do for, from here? Where do we go from all this? And and I just gotta, I guess gotta start that with asking you what what gospel message do you believe? Which one do you listen to the most? Which one are you trusting? Are, are you trusting the one of scripture, the one of truth, the one of longevity, the one of eternity, the one that, that, that leads to true identity, the one of true purpose, true belonging, true love, true acceptance, true forgiveness, the one that, that starts now and moves forward and leads into eternity? Or are you listening to the one of this broken world, that's fleeting, that's here today and it's gone tomorrow, it's quick and it leaves you empty. It's never enough, it's shallow, it dies, it never satisfies, it's plastic, it's cheap, it's flashy. Which one are you listening to? Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Are you tired of disappointment after disappointment? Are you tired of let down and deflation and getting your hopes up for something over here because all of my hope is in this situation or this financial gain or this status or this this whatever it is, this relationship? Are 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 you tired of that always leaving you empty? Sad truth about all this is that many of us are, are daily trading a true life of blessing. Jesus wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. He really does. Like, like the, the very thing that you need and you want the most in life, He wants to provide that. But so many of us are trading that. Something else for a quick fix. Something that always leaves us empty-handed. And Jesus says, woe woe to you. Let me just just throw this out there. If you think this message, if you think this scripture right here, forget what I said, if you think this scripture right here is not for you, you should probably be the first one in line to hear it, man. (laughs) So, uh, so what, what should we do about this? You know, what do we what do we do about this? I was talking to Pastor Justin this week, and I was like, you know what? Every week we have like these, you know, crazy. I mean, we're just going through the Book of Luke, right? We're just going through Scripture. We have these crazy challenges that that arise from the Scripture. And it's like uh, we have these things to do, and it's like I don't know. Are we doing these things? Do you think everybody's doing this stuff? Like I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, but so can I challenge us? Can we can we not be the people that come in here and and just hear this and go, all right, cool, yeah? What are you guys you thinking, Darby's right now? Or what are we what are we feeling? You know what I mean? Um, what, can we can we just sit here for a second and, and 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 make a plan for the next seven days? Can we make a plan to spend ten minutes of prayer? And maybe you already do this. Maybe you are already in prayer every day. Praise the Lord. Can you can you you know insert these these four things into, into that prayer. If not, start start now. Next seven days. One, ask God, help me to stay poor in spirit. Help me to stay poor in spirit. Where I, where I, I, I need your Holy Spirit in my life but rather than relying on my own self. Number two, stay hungry for his righteousness. Like, that's the thing that's going to be what I'm hungry after, is his righteousness in my life. God, can you help me do that? Can you show me what that looks like? Number three, can we be in prayer and in, in weeping over our sin? Can we, we allow the grief and mourn of our sin to come up in our prayer life and go, God... <sighs> Uh, This has got to lead me to repentance. And repentance isn't a, yeah, I'm sorry about that one, and I'm going to turn around tomorrow and do it again. Repentance is a a, a turning completely away from this, and I'm going this other direction. And and number four, God, help me to put my trust fully in you and not in man. I'm going to trust your way is higher than my way. next seven days, I don't know if you guys need to take a snapshot of that or whatever. Just, can we just do this? Everyone's looking for something. We're all looking for something. True blessings come when you seek first His kingdom. pray father we're so um we're so thankful for for your grace and for your mercy and god we um we're just asking in, in the name of jesus god that you would help us to open our eyes to a new reality father that you would change our focus on what we're so engulfed with right now and we get so held back by it god And we're afraid to step in to become the people that you've called us to be because we allow ourselves to be paralyzed. Father, we're praying in the name of Jesus that you would help us to free from all that. Step into your kingdom, God. Trust your word better than any other word that we have. continue in, in this time as the band comes out and he's is going to lead us through some uh, song. It's The temptation is to jet out of here and I get that. You got to pee, whatever. I don't know. Just <laughs> the restroom's still going to be there in like five minutes so just hold on. <laughs> Love you guys.